G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is entitled Trouble with Wages and it focuses on Matthew 20 verses 1 to 16. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The Lord be with you and also with you. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew, chapter 20, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This can be found on page 1229 of the Pew Bibles, page 1229. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, He went and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long, doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired the last the same I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. And may the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please take a seat. And as you do so, you might like to grab a pew Bible and find page 1229, because that's where we're going to be focusing in our sermon today. We're diving back into Matthew's Gospel, looking at Matthew's uh, Jesus' life uh, through the lens of his disciple Matthew. At this point in Matthew's Gospel, we've come to a bit of a crunch moment. Jesus has about 10 days to live. He's on his way to Jerusalem, where he knows he's going to die. 
He's told his disciples that at least two times before. Now, at the same time, Jesus' star is rising. Crowds follow him and hang off his every word. He heals people simply by touching them, and many feel revolution in the air. At the same time, Jesus is upsetting other people because of what he's saying. The religious rulers don't like who Jesus is hanging out with. And they don't like that he's telling sinners, people they consider sinners, to be agents and welcome in the kingdom of heaven. Even his disciples are getting a little bit cagey. They want Jesus to start a violent revolution. And so they're starting to jockey for power. So what does Jesus do? Well, he tells us a story about a farm. Or more accurately, how not to run a farm. Look with me at chapter 20, verse 1. Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. It's harvest time. It's crunch time. We need all hands on deck. The boss needs more workers, so he personally goes down to the village at dawn to find them. Now, the type of workers that Jesus is talking about are day laborers or seasonal workers. In Australia, uh, backpackers or often overseas workers get hired to do simple jobs for short periods of time. Thankfully, we have minimum wages and labor laws to protect people. But overseas, you often see desperate people on street corners hoping to be picked up for a day's work. And those are called day laborers. They often have no skills, no qualifications, and will take whatever work they can get for less than minimum wage. They work for the going rate, or they and their families go hungry. This is the situation in Jesus' story. But the story breaks all rules of good economic management. The boss repeatedly goes down to the village, desperately hiring randoms. This would never happen in Jesus' day. He also pays a flat fee rather than an hourly rate, which upsets his best workers and means that blokes who only work an hour get paid a full day's wage. Casual farm workers in Australia get about $29 an hour. So some workers in this story get paid about $348 for a full day's work. But others get paid $348 for nine hours, for six hours, for three hours, even for one hour of work. Not even doctors get $348 an hour. (laughs) Believe it or not, there are some lawyers, though, that get over $348. (laughs) But how is this fair? This is no way to run a farm. Thankfully, Jesus' point is not about farming. So what is it about? Well, it's right there in the text. Right there in verse 1. This is a story, a parable about the kingdom of heaven. It's about grace. 
God's unmerited favour. And I want to share with you an acronym uh, that, is, uh, that I find helpful, uh, that has helped me to remember what grace is. Well, G is for God. God in this story is the landowner, the farmer, the boss. We live in a world made by God. We breathe his air. He gives us the beat in our hearts. R is for riches. God gives us life and every good thing. Every truly good thing in our lives ultimately flows from our good God. God not only makes us, but he also saves us. We have sinned against God and the people around us, taking what is not ours, lying to benefit ourselves, and dishonoring the earth, the people in our lives, and the God who gave us everything. We are the day laborers, and without God, we sit on the corner lost, with no income and no hope. But God has lavished our lives with riches beyond compare, with forgiveness and with eternal life. A in grace is for at. And at this point, we need to ask ourselves, how can this be? How can God be so kind to us when we've let him down? Well, C is for Christ. It's all about Christ. Jesus Christ, the one who is telling us this parable, is the one who earns our wages. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus dies in our place so that his righteousness might become our righteousness. Jesus didn't just start working for our salvation at 6 a.m., Before time began, Jesus committed himself to die to redeem us. And this is why E stands for expense. I had a debt I could not pay. Jesus paid my debt, a debt he didn't owe. This day of work costs the vineyard owner a ridiculous amount of money. But he's more than happy to pay it because he, God, is generous. Friends, our freedom is not free. Instead, it comes at Jesus' expense. Your life is precious and Jesus loves you enough to die for you. And this is why this parable is so practical because it answers some questions we might have about grace. In verse 8, we read, When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The point of this parable would be lost if the workers hired first were paid first. Because they'd come along, they'd receive the agreed wage, and they'd go home happy. But instead, they grow jealous And envy rises when they see what the others are paid. Verse 9, the workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were fired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them 
also received a denarius. Friends, it's amazing how in our lives comparison can turn a good thing into nothing. Jealousy takes away our gratitude in life and leaves us always wanting more. Jesus knows there's nothing better than salvation. No greater gift than heaven. And so he's saying, don't get jealous when others come into God's kingdom and receive the same grace that you've received. He may be speaking to the religious Jews who have followed God for generations, getting jealous when he tells outsiders who haven't lived religious lives that God is calling them into his kingdom. He may also be speaking to his disciples who think they deserve more of God's love than others because they've left everything behind to follow him. Even today, faithful Christians who've grown up in the church can feel hard done by when someone converts later in life. How can someone who hasn't gone to church their whole lives, obeyed God's word their whole lives, or served in the church have the same heavenly hope I do? The answer is, by God's grace. The clearest example of this is the thief on the cross in Luke 23. Jesus died with two criminals on either side of him. And one criminal turns to him and hurls insults at him. But the other turns to that one and says, Don't you fear God? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He recognizes his sin. He recognizes his faults. But then he says, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he turns to Jesus and says those beautiful words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus responds with even more wonderful words. He says, Surely I tell you today, or truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Friends, as Christians, we should rejoice with the angels in heaven when another sinner becomes a saint. Long time or short time, we should be filled with joy every time someone falls on God's mercy and comes into God's kingdom. The other person who can get caught in the crossfire of grace is God himself. And we saw it in that Exodus reading, which Sally read so beautifully. God has freed his people out of Egypt. They get out of Egypt into the wilderness and they start going, we're hungry. Oh, God, (laughs) you haven't given us enough. And God's going, wait a minute, come on. (laughs) Grumbling robs us of our joy. Jealousy robs us of our joy. And this is exactly what happens in the parable in Matthew 20. The laborers who get hired first get cranky. They say, these men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. And I want to just point out a little detail to you. 
the landowner is being criticised, the boss is being criticised. But notice, he's the one who's gone down to the village day after day. He's generously supplied his people with a wage. And now he answers one of the people individually. Notice there's grumbling corporately, but he addresses one single grumbler. But he answered one of them. Friend, and he calls him friend. I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Friends, do you sometimes get cranky with God for the things you do to serve him while others seem to do so little? Are you frustrated when you're faithful and others are not? If you've felt this way before, you're not alone. It's natural, but it's not Christ-like. Jesus tells us this parable to remind us that God isn't miserly or partial. God is just. If life is unfair, it's because it's in our favor, not against us. The beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. God is a good and generous God who gives us far more than we could ever give him. Do you serve Jesus because you want something out of him? Or do you serve because you love God and want to honour him? We can't take our money, our success or our power with us when we die. And our motivation for living shouldn't be to get the best spot in heaven. God doesn't play favorites. We live to glorify the one who has given everything for us. And so, as I wrap up, friends, I want to encourage you not to settle for a fake. This is a bit of a sub-point uh, about the thing that we, something that we get wrong about grace. Notice that the workers all work. I'm not saying today that everyone, who go, everyone goes to heaven no matter how they've lived. I do believe that people who reject Jesus in this life will reject him in the next, and he will reject them. We must come to Jesus, and he requires something of us. I'm not advocating cheap grace, where all we have to do is say a prayer or get baptized and then live however we want. God calls us to fullness of life in him. Serving him is the best way to live in this life and in the next. But it will cost us. How we live matters to God. Let's not use God's grace as an excuse to be lazy or to waste our lives focusing on ourselves. Don't settle for cheap, fake grace. At the same time, don't get bogged down in jealousy or tallying up your good deeds. Come and bask in God's grace, giving everything you have for the God who's given his life for you. Fullness of life is found only in him. 
In finishing up, I'd like to share a poem with you. You may, it was during the rounds in the forwards back um, last decade, uh, but I think it brings to life uh, beautifully the point of this parable. It's called Heaven Surprise by Chad Taylor Ludwig. I was shocked, confused, bewildered as I entered heaven's door, not by the beauty of it all, nor the lights or its decor, but it was the folks in heaven who made me sputter and gasp. The thieves, the liars, the sinners, the alcoholics, and the trash. There stood the kid from grade seven who swiped my lunch money twice. Next to him was my old neighbor who never said anything nice. Herb, who I always thought was rotting in hell, was sitting pretty on cloud nine, looking incredibly well. I nudged Jesus. What's the deal? I would love to hear your take. How do all these sinners get up here? God, you must have made a mistake. And why is everyone so quiet, so somber? Give me a clue. Child, said Jesus. They're all in shock. They never thought they'd be seeing you. (laughs) Let's give thanks to our God, in whom the first will be last, and the last will be first. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.